Greetings, Detective. Welcome to the Murder Mystery Company and our new free service, Calm Mystery. We know that many of you need that calm and centered moment, but meditation isn't necessarily your thing. If you're a mystery lover, a crime fan, and could use a break, you've come to the right place. It sure is a suspenseful world out there, but I have good news for you. In this world, the only suspense will come from the world's best writers. For the next few minutes, we're going to close the door on the outside world. First, find a comfortable chair, sofa, or bed. Take a moment to just relax into that spot. Let your body sink in, slowly releasing the day's tension. Just relax. You've earned this time. You need this time for you. Your body will thank you. Now let's take a moment to clear your mind. I want you to focus on two things. My voice and your breathing. Take a deep breath in through your nose. Let it out slowly through your mouth. Now the same thing, but let's breathe on my count. Three counts in and four counts out. Breathe in. One, two, three. Now out. One, two, three, four. As we do this, you're going to slowly relax more and be perfectly ready for tonight's dastardly tale. Now again, breathe in. One, two, three. Now out. One, two, three, four. One more time, breathing out the last bit of stress. Breathe in, one, two, three. Now out, one, two, three, four. Excellent. Tonight's tale of mystery, intrigue, and murder is truly spine-tingling. The examining magistrate ordered Nicholas to be brought. Nicholas, a lanky young fellow with a long, freckled nose, narrow-chested, and wearing an old jacket of his master's, entered Sykoff's room and bowed low before the magistrate. His face was sleepy and tear-stained. He was tipsy and could hardly keep his feet. "'Where is your master?' Chubikov asked him. "'Murdered, your worship!' As he said this, Nicholas blinked and began to weep. "'We know he was murdered, but where is he now? Where is his body?' "'They say he was dragged out of the window and buried in the garden.' "'Hmm. The results of the investigation are known in the kitchen already.' That's bad. Where were you, my good fellow, the night the master was murdered? Saturday night, that is. 
Nicholas raised his head, stretched his neck, and began to think. I don't know, your worship, he said. I was drunk and don't remember. An alibi, whispered Dukovsky, smiling and rubbing his hands. So, and why is there blood under the master's window? Nicholas jerked his head up and considered. Hurry up, said the captain of police. Right away. That blood doesn't amount to anything, your worship. I was cutting a chicken's throat. I was doing it quite simply, in the usual way, when all of a sudden it broke away and started to run. That is where the blood came from. Ephraim declared that Nicholas did kill a chicken every morning, and always in some new place, but that nobody ever heard of a half-killed chicken running about the garden, though of course it wasn't impossible. An alibi, sneered Dukovsky. And what an asinine alibi. Did you know Aquilina? Yes, your worship, I know her. And the master cut you out with her? Not at all. He cut me out, Mr. Sykoff there, Ivan Mikhailovich. And the master cut Ivan Mikhailovich out. That is how it was. Sykoff grew confused and began to scratch his left eye. Dukovsky looked at him attentively, noted his confusion, and started. He noticed that the director had dark blue trousers, which he had not observed before. The trousers reminded him of the dark blue threads found on the burdock. Chubikov, in his turn, glanced suspiciously at Sykov. "'Go,' he said to Nicholas. "'And now permit me to put a question to you, Mr. Sykov. "'Of course you were here last Saturday evening?' "'Yes, I had supper with Marcus Ivanovich about ten o'clock.' "'And afterwards?' "'Afterwards? Afterwards? Really, I do not remember,' stammered Sykov. "'I had a good deal to drink at supper. I don't remember when or where I went to sleep. Why are you all looking at me like that, as if I was the murderer?' "'Where were you when you woke up?' I was in the servants' kitchen, lying behind the stove. They can all confirm it. How I got behind the stove, I don't know. Do not get agitated. Did you know Aquilina? There's nothing extraordinary about that. She first liked you, and then preferred Klausov? Yes. Ephraim, give us some more mushrooms. Do you want some more tea, Ugraf Kuzmich? A heavy, oppressive silence began and lasted fully five minutes. Dukovsky silently kept his piercing eyes fixed on Sykov's pale face. The silence was finally broken by the examining magistrate. "'We must go to the house and talk with Maria Ivanovna, the sister of the deceased. Perhaps she may be able to supply some clues.' Chubikov and his assistant— expressed their thanks for the breakfast, and went toward the house. They found Klausov's sister, Maria Ivanovna, an old maid of forty-five, at prayer before the big case of family icons. When she saw the portfolios in her guests' hands and their official caps, she grew pale. "'Let me begin by apologizing for disturbing, so to speak, your devotions,' 
began the gallant Chubikov, bowing and scraping. "'We have come to you with a request. Of course you have heard already. There is a suspicion that your dear brother, in some way or other, has been murdered. The will of God, you know. No one can escape death, neither Tsar nor Plowman. Could you not help us with some clue, some explanation?' "'Oh, don't ask me,' said Maria Ivanovna, growing still paler and covering her face with her hands. "'I can tell you nothing, nothing, I beg you. I know nothing. What can I do? Oh, no, no, not a word about my brother. If I die, I won't say anything.' Maria Ivanovna began to weep and left the room. The investigators looked at each other, shrugged their shoulders, and beat a retreat. "'Confound the woman!' scolded Dukovsky, going out of the house. "'It is clear she knows something, and is concealing it. "'And the chambermaid has a queer expression, too. "'Wait, you wretches, we'll ferret it all out.' In the evening, Chubikov and his deputy, lit on the road by the pale moon, wended their way homeward. They sat in their carriage and thought over the results of the day. Both were tired and kept silent. Chubikov was always unwilling to talk while traveling, and the talkative Dukovsky remained silent to fall in with the elder man's humor. But at the end of their journey, the deputy could hold in no longer and said, It is quite certain, he said, that Nicholas had something to do with the matter. Non dubitandum est. You can see by his face what sort of a case he is. His alibi betrays him, body and bones. But it is also certain that he did not set the thing going. He was only the stupid hired tool. You agree? And the humble Sykoff was not without some slight share in the matter. His dark blue breeches, his agitation, his lying behind the stove in terror after the murder, his alibi, and Aquilina. Hey, Emilian, it's your week. So according to you, whoever knew Aquilina is the murderer. Hothead, you ought to be sucking a bottle and not handling affairs. You were one of Aquilina's admirers yourself. Does it follow that you are implicated too? Aquilina was cooking your house for a month. I am saying nothing about that. The night before that Saturday, I was playing cards with you and saw you. Otherwise, I should be after you, too. It isn't the woman that matters, old chap. It is the mean, nasty, low spirit of jealousy that matters. The retiring young man was not pleased when they got the better of him, you see. His vanity, don't you see? He wanted revenge. Then those thick lips of his suggest passion. So there you have it. Wounded self-love and passion. That is quite enough motive for a murder. We have two of them in our hands. But who is the third? Nicholas and Sykoff held him. But who smothered him? Sykoff is shy, timid, an all-around coward and Nicholas would not know how to smother with a pillow. His sort use an axe or a club. Some third person did the smothering, but who was it? Dukovsky crammed his hat down over his eyes and pondered. 
He remained silent until the carriage rolled up to the magistrate's door. Eureka, he said, entering the little house and throwing off his overcoat. Eureka, Nicholas Yermolayevich. The only thing I can't understand is, how did it not occur to me sooner? Do you know who the third person was? Oh, for goodness sake, shut up. There is supper. Sit down to your evening meal. The magistrate and Dukovsky sat down to supper. Dukovsky poured himself out a glass of vodka, rose, drew himself up, and said with sparkling eyes, Well, learn that the third person, who acted in concert with that scoundrel Sykoff and did the smothering, was a woman. Yes, I mean the murdered man's sister, Maria Ivanovna. Chubikov choked over his vodka and fixed his eyes on Dukovsky. You aren't. What's its name? Your head isn't, what do you call it? You haven't a pain in it? I am perfectly well. Very well. Let us say that I am crazy. But how do you explain her confusion when we appeared? How do you explain her unwillingness to give us any information? Let us admit that these are trifles. Very well. All right. But remember their relations. She detested her brother. She never forgave him for living apart from his wife. She is of the old faith, while in her eyes he is a godless profligate. There is where the germ of her hate was hatched. They say he succeeded in making her believe that he was an angel of Satan. He even went in for spiritualism in her presence. Well, what of that? You don't understand. She, as a member of the old faith, murdered him through fanaticism. It was not only that she was putting to death a weed, a profligate. She was freeing the world of an antichrist. And there, in her opinion, was her service, her religious achievement. Oh, don't you know these old maids of the old faith? Read Dostoevsky, and what does Lyskov say about them? Or Pechersky? It was she, and nobody else. Even if you cut me open, she smothered him. Oh, treacherous woman! Wasn't that the reason why she was kneeling before the icons when we came in? Just to take our attention away? Let me kneel down and pray, she said to herself, and they will think I am tranquil and did not expect them. Plan of all novices in crime, Nicholas Yermolayevich, old pal. My dear old man, won't you entrust this business to me? Let me personally bring it through. Friend, I began it and I will finish it. Chubikov shook his head and frowned. We know how to manage difficult matters ourselves, he said. And your business is not to push yourself in where you don't belong. Write from dictation when you are dictated to. That is your job. Dukovsky flared up, banged the door, and disappeared. Clever rascal, muttered Chubikov, glancing after him. Awfully clever, but too much of a hothead. I must buy him a cigar case at the fair as a present. The next day, early in the morning, a young man with a big head and a pursed-up mouth who came from Klausov's place 
was introduced to the magistrate's office. He said he was the shepherd Daniel and brought a very interesting piece of information. I was a bit drunk, he said. I was with my pal till midnight. On my way home, as I was drunk, I went into the river for a bath. I was taking a bath when I looked up. Two men were walking along the dam, carrying something black. Shoo! I cried at them. They got scared and went off like the wind toward Makarev's cabbage garden. Strike me dead if they weren't carrying away the master. That same day, toward evening, Sykov and Nicholas were arrested and brought under guard to the district town. In the town, they were committed to the cells of the prison. Thank you for listening to Calm Mystery, a Murder Mystery Company production. To solve your own case with us, visit MurderMysteryZoomParty.com, all one word, and use code CALM, C-A-L-M, for $20 off your own murder mystery party. We have dozens of entertaining detectives. You can even ask for me, Perry, by name. If no one else can help, and if they can find me, maybe I can help you become Detective of the Night. That's MurderMysteryZoomParty.com, all one word, code CALM.